God's design for marriage is found in Matthew chapter 19. Jesus said, at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his mother and father and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Welcome to By Design from American Family Radio. Welcome to By Designed. By design. What did I just put a D on that word? What, what is what is my problem? Abraham Hamilton III here, host of the Hamilton Corner on American Family Radio. I'm joined by my lovely, lovely, good thing, my wife Maria Hamilton. Hello, everyone. And we are excited to talk to you, share with you uh, about something that's been really impactful in our lives and in our marriage, particularly. And it is the importance of family mission. A lot of people understand, especially, you know, my background as a former basketball player, uh, how having a a, a singular goal, having a singular focus often cultivates unity. You know, often you have, you know, military veterans that create bonds that last their entire lifetimes because they've engaged at a particular point in their lives in singularly committing to accomplishing a particular mission. You know, World War II vets, you know, Vietnam vets, they have this this almost undescribable, indescribable collegiality because of their commitment to a unified, pursuing and executing unified goal. Even companies, businesses, they have things like mission statements and all of these things. But we fail sometimes to realize the great benefit that will provide for us in marriage. So I want to share one scripture. And babe, just jump in here. You know me. I'll go. So just jump in here when you're ready. But I want to share a scripture with you all, which has been uh, insightful for our families in Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's commonly known amongst uh, Jews and Messianic Christians as the Shema text. Uh, we actually, in my, in my home, we have this on the wall in our home because it's instructed us concerning discipling our children. But there's also additional benefit beyond just the children that could actually aid the marriage. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. I'm going to read all the way to, let me see how to move this away from the microphone, verse 9, all right? And this is what the Word of God says, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, there's a lot in the scripture, but I want to focus on that last verse uh, because the Lord really impressed upon me as my wife and I were coming together, uh, committing to build a family, uh, that we needed to have a family mission. The core of our mission as Christians individually uh, is to execute the Lord's commission, the Great Commission. The, the core of our mission as a family, as a unit, is to execute the Great Commission. But we wanted, we needed a particular application of that for our family. And so the Lord moved us, and I'll just quote it with you, uh, uh, in this program, to have a family mission. And our family mission is this, that each one of our family members, our family as a unit, our Marie and I as a married couple, and us as individuals, I said that already, that we are committed to being poured out like drink offerings in service to the Lord's purposes in our time. 
It's kind of combined from uh, Scripture in Timothy in Acts chapter 13, verse 36. But everything we do as a family is built toward that goal. The way we educate our children, the way we disciple our children, the occupations we pursue, the extracurricular activities, the way we invest our money, the way we utilize our resources, the way we utilize our money. All of these things are directed toward this mission. By having this familial mission, it aids us in making sure that we're investing ourselves in pertinent fruit-bearing things and that we are avoiding things that are counterproductive to us executing this mission. So I wanted to have this conversation and bring my wife in in particular to talk about how having a family mission actually aids in us being living life and do, and being married on purpose in singularly committing to accomplishing a particular mission. I think it's important also to consider the reality that this is not something that we do as a ritualistic endeavor. Like this is not just, hey, we're going to memorize this this thing, this phrase, so that we can, you know, be about this. The reality is that we want our children to understand what it actually means to live poured out, right? And so I think that's what we try to do. Um, I know the Holy Spirit is helping us to be able to explain to our children and even live it out before them to be actually poured out, to surrender everything. And I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the things that God, as you know, has brought me through uh, in my journey with Him, where originally it was understanding good versus you know bad and, and making the right choices and and understanding what God desires of us but it's another whole different level to surrender one's will and life to him amen right and I think that's what we are wanting not I don't think I know that's what we're wanting our children and us as individuals and married and even married to focus on right mm-hmm. that we we give all of us to the Lord for his will for us as he's using us in this life and in our particular time that is different than another era if he would have had us be born and live in another era. So um, I think that's the whole gist of it is just to understand that this is a this is a lifestyle. And we always yeah. say worship is a lifestyle. So this is our lifestyle. This yes. is not just a mantra that you're going to put on the, above your fireplace is going to say, hey, this is what we're about. But th- this is to be lived, yeah. you know, and so we have to grasp it fully. And so in every area, when we make decisions, when we invite, invite the children to pray about certain things, when we ourselves are praying together about something, it's with that mindset that, Lord, your will, you yeah. know, we are surrender. We are poor. We want to be poured out. We want to give all of ourselves yeah. to your to your mission for us, to your will, to your purpose in this time, you know. So it's just to be lived out. Yeah. And and you referred to, because I didn't complete that thought, and I'm glad you did, about uh, having this phraseology above your fireplace. That's literally where it is in our house. Right. <laughs> uh, the, the mission that we have for our family, we printed it on the wall in our home so that each member of our family can know this is what we're about. It literally says the Hamilton family mission. This is what we are to be about. And now to kind of take it to a more practical matter, because sometimes when people think, well, we need to have a mission from God, you, you think that it is as this grand, this grandiose pursuit. I am going to climb Mount Kilimanjaro right. <laughs> in the name of the Lord and plant the flag above 50,000 square feet of elevation. No, it is it is it can be as simple as recognizing, man, you know, the Lord has really blessed me in developing the skills to be a computer programmer. I want to utilize my computer programming skills to glorify the Lord. And by God's grace, he's allowed me to utilize computer programming to generate an income for my family. And so I'm going to utilize these resources in God-honoring investments, in God-honoring provision for my home, in God-honoring things, and I'm going to find a way 
It could be training young children in our in, in your local church congregation to use computer programming skills. You may uh, be somebody that's good with your hands. You may be a carpenter or something like that. There's a friend of ours who, who happens to be a dentist. You know him, Mark in studio. Uh, you go to his dentist's office, his entire office, it exudes gospel centricity. Right. You know, it's it, it doesn't have to be huge. There's another brother of ours in church. We were talking about this, and I was talking to him, you know, as a man, you not only want to be a husband if you are a husband, but you want to have a mission and a vision for your family. And so he was praying about it, and he says, man, I realize what God is calling me to do. I'm looking around, and I realize none of my other family members are saved. The Lord really is moving on me and my wife to commit our way to evangelizing our family. Guys, that is mission from God. It is, man. And so it is having that mission, and then there are the, the corollary impact, just like I talked about with, with sports and with, you know, war veterans— that when you have this unified purpose, you know, when Marie and I come together, we have children. We know we're not just reproducing biologically. God has blessed us with another opportunity that he's entrusted another one of his arrows into our care. That the belly swelling in my wife, the, 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 the contractions, the, you know, the, the, the hunger, the various things. All of these are things that are happening because God has blessed us to steward another one of his arrows. This is literally an opportunity to impact our world (laughs) with another gospel ambassador and to impact this individual individual child's eternity. And by God's grace, the Lord may utilize this little baby to do who knows what. That is what is going on when the belly is swelling. It's it's that that huge, you know? And and we re- uh, remind ourselves of what this mission and what this purpose is. And so I, I, you know, I say, hey, don't interview me, we're just having a conversation. <laughs> but I wanted to get your perspective on how um, having this mission for our family has aided us from your vantage point in the unity that we desire in marriage, but being able to live that out. Yeah, I think, I think the big word that, you know, it's kind of taboo in our culture is submission. And so, wait, 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 what's so Say that yeah, again? Yeah, right, right, submission. Mark, do you have to bleep that? So you know, listen. The, cult, the culture might not want to hear that word. <laughs> so the reality is that Abe can come over here and break down that word and tell you the definitions based on sub and meter and all this stuff, right? And it's true. It's it's accurate and you can understand it. The reality is that in practice, it's very difficult when there is no end goal, right? Mm. When there is no light at the end of the tunnel, when there is no trajectory, no uh, defined purpose as to where we're going, it is hard for women to submit to their husbands. That's the real deal. I, my personal experience has been that in my culture, it is very traditional and normal and encouraged for women to be submissive. What culture is that? Latin American culture. And so because of that, it can be abused because of the sin in man, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of abuse in my culture at the same time when it comes to this. But the reality is that submission is not a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. It is a biblical thing. And Mm -hmm. so when God instructs women to submit to their husbands, they're not only submitting to the male gender, right, or the male sex. They're submitting to the the umbrella mission Mm -hmm. that God has given for this union. And so I think, to answer your question, when when God brought you into my life, it was a glorious day. And it was... It was wonderful, yes. But, and let me tell you, at first, because I I didn't have as much knowledge and maybe wisdom as I do now, praise the Lord, I um, saw qualities in you of leadership that encouraged me to follow. That, you know, that that was, I was... um, It was easy for me to follow, right? Mm. Just because of the natural qualities of a leader. But then, when the Lord showed you the mission for our family and 
revealed to me that you actually are a follower of God and you hear his voice and you're, and you're being led by the Spirit of God, it, it became even easier. Yes, it was easy naturally, but it was just natural circumstances that made it easy. Mm. But then it became a reality of my identity because it's a biblical mandate, right? And so I, I embraced it fully. So understanding that that I know for sure that you know from God where we're going and what it is that, that we are about as a family helps me to say, yes, where are we going? Like, mm. let's do this, you know? And I can follow and I can help and I can... Um, you know, help the children understand the mission as you are leading us. And so I think that it's it makes it easy. I, the Bible says it, you know, when the blind lead the blind, they all fall in a ditch. The reality is that we don't want, we as women cannot follow blindly. Like it's not, a, it's not a, it's not a, um, because I'm married to you and you're male and you're supposed to lead. I'm just going to follow you blindly. Like that's, that doesn't bring security. God doesn't desire for us to follow that way. I think submission is mostly most easier and embraced. One, when you understand that it's from God, secondarily, when you understand where you're going mm. and what the mission is and what the purpose is for this union, what God has called y'all to as a, as a unit. Um, it, it doesn't become like the world says it is, you know, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be that way. It's easier whenever we understand, okay, this is what God has revealed to us. This is what we're about. Let's do this and let's mm. do this together. You lead and I help and I follow, you know. So it's um it's helped me. Mm. You you really hit on something and and this is this is biblical, you know. The Bible does says wives submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, it's not about uh submitting to sex, you know, there's no such thing as a male superiority and female inferiority. We are right. equal image bearers of God uh with with qualitative equality, you know, but complementary complementary distinctiveness. Um, but <laughs> you, you, you really, really underscored something that's really a gospel, um, constant in scripture, uh, in order for there to be submission, there must be a mission. Yeah. Th- there can be no submission without a mission. And again, it's not about the generalized principles that kind of float around in the ether. It's about the particular application. How does God require your specific family to work this out? Right. What is how does God want you to implement uh the mission he has for your particular family with your with your gift set, with your abilities, with your experiences, with your vocation. Yeah. And many of you are listening to me. I say, right now, you're like, man, I wish I'd have known that before I got married. You know, here's the beautiful thing about the Lord, man. It's, almost, it's like having, you know, the reverse setting your transmission, your steering wheel that can always turn around. If you didn't know this before you got married, praise be to God that you can seek him for the mission for your family now. Yeah, starting now. You, you, you don't have to lament what hasn't happened. You can make the adjustment now. And if you're a young man or a young woman listening to me, fella, if you're a young, young man, you know, the scripture, because of the requirement, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the Lord. Uh, in order for there to be any submission, there must be a mission. Before you consider pursuing a woman, pursuing a potential bride, pursue God's mission for your life. Yeah. Because without you having clarity concerning your mission, there's no room for you to communicate effectively to a would-be bride how, when, where that she can be your suitable helper. If there's no mission, what is she helping you to pursue and to implement? Right, right. So there must be mission. And for my sisters, the same thing is true. Uh, if, if, if a man is pursuing you, ask him what is his mission from God for his life? Yeah. What is his vision for a family? These are the conversations that should happen on the front end. And again, uh, some of you listening to me, you may be, uh, ha- you may have farming skills. You know, you, you may have 
uh, that particular occupational um, skill set. Well, how do you utilize that for God's glory? You know, we, we need to rediscover the glory of God in the in the in the simplicity of practicality. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, utilize what God has given you, how he has crafted you, what he has made you to be for his glory. That is what we should be seeking. And as you said, babe, uh, because the Bible is clear when the blind lead the blind, everyone ends up in the ditch. Everyone ends up in the ditch and having that mission as a front burner reality will enable us as men to have clarity about what type of help we need. Because often you'll find that as you're pursuing mission, you'll be in the particular context where you're around people, including potential spouses. Hey, hey, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, when I met you, you want to talk about oh, happy day. You know, you know, I tell you all the time and you remember this is real. This is true. When I met you, I told you, because I repo- proposed her pretty early. Y'all, y'all know the story. We proposed pretty quickly. And she said, how did you know? And I said, because it don't take a whole day to recognize sunshine, especially when you've been in the dark <laughs> the for a long time. The boy got game. The boy got game. But it's the truth. You know, <laughs> when you've been in the dark, it don't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. You know light the moment it has pierced in. Oh, man, look, I feel my help coming on. I'm about to start getting happy. But the reality of... Us as men pursuing mission, we're often in the vein and in the context where we're surrounded by people that happen to be similarly minded concerning that particular context. Don't be surprised if that is where God reveals your suitable helper in that context. And the same is true conversion. And I said this already, but I want to reiterate it and underscore it. Sisters, when a man pursues you, ask him, what has God captured your heart to pursue for his glory? That should be a conversation that is engaged in on the front end. Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible to consider the reality of how uh, God is such a genius. You know, how he developed, not developed, he created us for a particular function, you know, men and women and how we're complementary. I think it's... Um, Crucial, and you kind of you kind of said it a little bit, but um, it's crucial to understand and embrace the reality that yes, God made the man, man to be the leader of the household, um, but the leader of the household needs a strong helper, and there is no way that women can be can can realize their full potential, if you will, as a helper without knowing what the 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 family mission is you know without mm-hmm. without understanding fully that this union came together for a purpose what is that purpose what are we about what are we um wanting to pass down what do we want to leave behind as a legacy as to who we were and where we were going what we were doing for the kingdom of god and so um I think it's very important that women understand that yes we are helpers but we have to understand how to help and why we're helping. Mm. And I think if we understand the mission that is given to our to us as a married married couple, um, then we can fully understand, okay, I, I, because we are, we're going to learn our flaws. We're going to learn our weaknesses and our strengths, right? And if and if you have a weakness, which you do, and I have a strength in that particular wait, 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 area. Wait, wait, what? 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 <laughs> when you have, I do? I'm kidding. When you have that. a weakness, and I realize because I know you that that there's a weakness here, but I understand, man. But our mission is this, though, right? Mm-hmm. And so, right here, let me encourage him. Let me help him see that right here we are. St- this is the goal, right? So then, right here, we're, we're we're dropping it, right? A little bit. We're missing it a little bit. So let's rearrange and let's let's get let's get back on target. And so I think we can help better if we understand the mission mm. versus just you know kind of trying to figure it out on our own. And the another thing is that we have to also understand is that yes, we are we are to be helpers and we we you know the man is, is supposed to lead, but when the man is not leading, we're gonna step up. 
As women, we are bent to wanting security. We want to have that um, that safety to know what what we're about, what we're doing, what is this life about, what are, what is our journey about, and so we step up, and then we make we turn it upside down because mm-hmm. we're wanting to lead when God has assigned the man to lead. Mm-hmm. So it just really when the man, I always say this, it's really I guess I don't even know if it's funny or not, but um, when the man understands who he is, it's easy to submit, it's easy mm-hmm. to follow because man is taking his position and owning it and, and being a leader, and then it's it's easy for us to follow versus if he's not then we feel the the urge and the need to step up and we try our best and listen God is awesome so he mm-hmm. he will provide when there is lack but man it's not it's not his ultimate desire for it to be done that way you know what I mean and so there's a lot of hurt, hurt and pain that comes from that I think our listeners who have experienced that would attest to that that there's a lot of pain involved when when the man is not um, understanding or even seeking God for a mission mm-hmm. right and so then the woman feels that insecurity so then she steps up to fill that role um, and even attempt to lead and so then there's a lot of pain that comes to that comes mm-hmm. with that and it's not only knowing who he is. I know this is what you're saying, uh, but pursuing the mission that God has given yes, him. Yes, right. Guys, it is instructive in Scripture. Uh, in Genesis 1, Genesis 2, you guys know it, complementary accounts of creation. Genesis 2 is an up-close examination of the sixth day of creation where God lists all of these things that he did. And then he makes the observation, um, it is not good for man to be alone. And this is after the Lord says, if you read the Scripture Uh, closely, you'll recognize that God didn't create Adam inside the Garden of Eden. Read it again closely. The Bible says he created Adam east of Eden. And then put him in. And then Mm -hmm. he takes the man who he's created, who who he infuses with the breath of life that quickens Adam into a living soul. Then he places that man inside of the garden. Then he says in Genesis chapter 2, specifically why he does so, he put him in the garden to dress it and to keep it or to cultivated and to protect the garden and all that is under Adam's jurisdiction in the garden. Then God goes on uh, and after specifically um, laying out a bunch of different things and makes the observation that it is not good for man to be alone. Now, this is God, the creator of heaven and earth. Uh, He could have immediately after making the observation about Adam's aloneness not being a good thing to immediately remedying that aloneness. But that is not what happens. The scripture reveals that that Yahweh observes that it's not good for man to be alone. And then it's almost like, okay, next, the very the immediate thing that follows is God gives Adam the opportunity to name the animals that he created. Now, Yahweh could have very clearly named all animals. He could have done that. But he specifically wanted Adam to participate in that portion of fulfilling his creation as an exemplification or application of his dressing and keeping responsibility. And it was not until Adam completes that task of naming the animals as an application of his dressing and keeping duty in the garden that God then reveals his bride to him. What's instructive to us in that text is God intentionally, intentionally doesn't reveal Adam's bride to him until he not only has a generalized understanding of what his mission is, but he's already began pursuing it. It is at that juncture, Adam participating in dressing and keeping the garden, operating as an under shepherd, if you will, of God's created order, of created universe. It was then and only then that God says, now I will reveal his bride to him. That is instructive for us 
which once again shows that if we do not have mission, fellas, we're biblically unqualified to be joined to a revealed bride because God doesn't want us to be joined in marriage merely for companionship. That's something the world gets twisted. The purpose of marriage is not merely companionship. Companionship is a benefit. Yeah. Trust me. I love. Listen, Maria is my best friend. She'll tell you. We do it. I never get when, when I was pursuing her. The, the sister wanted to come with me to the barbershop. I mean, I never had a woman that said, I want to come with you to the barbershop. But companionship is not the purpose. It's a benefit, but not the purpose. Yeah. The purpose for marriage is for God to bring something out of the union that could not exist without the two becoming one. There is there, there is purpose. There, there are things that God has brought to the fore as a result of of Marie and I being joined together that could never have been pursued before. And I'll let you guys know a, a, a perfect example of this. Y'all want to know something? I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd ever do anything on the radio. You want to know the first person who ever mentioned to me anything about being on the radio? This woman. The first person. I never considered it. I'll let you in on another secret. When I came to AFA, it wasn't to go on the radio. I came to AFA for solely to be an attorney. Behind the scenes, you know, if you would have asked me, how do you get into radio? I had no clue. I had no clue. But God impressed it upon the suitable helper that he revealed to me that I needed to do something in radio. It never crossed my mind before she said that. And let me let me clarify that because I don't want people to misunderstand. It was not about fame or status or no. wanting to be out there in the in the airwaves. My, my what the Lord impressed upon me was early on. This is before. This is when we were living in Houston still. Yeah. Um, that God had given you a gift with words, <laughs> and God had poured into you and equipped you to to preach the gospel, right? To convey the truth of who He is to the dying world. And I felt like it was the Spirit of God that it, it was limited. To the, our sphere, which t- for a time's sake, it was accurately limited to the to the sphere that we were living in, whether it was a Bible study, whether it was preaching at church or, or within our friends or whatever. Um, it was it was limited to that because God willed it that way at the time. But I knew that God wanted to use you to impact more people with the truth and to convey it clearly and accurately as you do. And so I knew at one point, I, I think we were in New Orleans by this time, um, that the radio would that you would be perfect for the radio. Your charisma, the way you articulate things, you just gifted in that vein. You're just gifted, and so I saw that. Now here's the thing that it just clear, clearly plays well with what we're talking about. God, God has called us to be poured out. Like God mm-hmm. has called us as a unit to live out the reality that we are to be about His business. Amen. And to and in our time and listen, y'all know y'all. If y'all listen to the Hamilton, Hamilton Corner, you understand and know that the main purpose of the of the show if I dare say this, is that um, he he wants to equip us as our as his listeners to convey the truth in our culture. So mm-hmm. what is going on in our country, what's going on in our world, how do we how do we respond to that biblically? Right? How mm-hmm. do we respond to that from a from a God centered perspective? And do you do that well? And so I knew, I just knew that, that that God wanted to use you. I didn't know all the specifics and I actually as if if you remember, I was premature. Like I was like, dude, mm-hmm. you gotta be on radio now. Like this is what you gotta do. But it was the time it was off. Mm-hmm. And man, when God revealed that God is so amazing. When God revealed the fullness of what he was stirring me about and what he was showing you it was like this is what he's been saying the entire time mm. but just of course we don't have the limitless capacity that he has um so it was awesome to see it was awesome to see god do it but but to your point 
it was it was because the mission the, the mission played a big part in it, right? right? Like we we know where we're going, and so your giftings work here well, you know. And so it was awesome to see it, it all play out. So that that's what I was gonna put up point out in, in the summation of what we're talking about. What was there first was our unified commitment to be poured out like drink offerings yeah. in service to the Lord's purpose in our time. Yeah. You identified a particular gift gift set in me mm-hmm. and encouraged me in a particular vein that I had not yet considered. Right. We had no idea how to step in that area, but God knew. Yeah. And God took that overarching commitment to purpose and then made individualized steps to move us in this direction. And the next thing you know, the boy from the Ninth Ward is on the radio all across the country. I never dreamed that that would happen. But that is an example from our own testimony of how mission will aid us in pursuing practical steps to allow God's purposes to be fulfilled according to his will. For his will. glory. For, his, For glory. his glory. This is, by design, Maria Hamilton the first <laughs> and Abraham Hamilton the third one man one woman for life